What a great exclamation point on last week where we had just an awesome week of baptisms and testimonies. Were you here for that? Was that a good time or what? We had, uh, I don't know what the number was, 1,100 and something people here, and we had 24 people baptized, and just an awesome opportunity for people to stand up and say, this is how God's changing my life. I just want to let you know I love them and I'm following after them. What an exclamation point on that. And to be able to package it all together into this series called Grow Right. That's where we're at. We're in a series called Grow Right. How do I do that? You know, we started out this whole thing with the, you know, how many of us have experienced, I want to change and I'm not. I don't want to do that anymore and yet I am. How can I bust through that plateau? That's the Grow Right series. You know, this week is our last week in the Grow Right series. We're going to be uh, kind of putting our arms around the whole of it as we end up talking about that sixth P in the Grow Right series. As we're talking about people today, how we can put arm in arm, lock together, put a plan together where you and me, we grow right together. That's what we're going to be looking at today is how we together can sharpen one another you know, uh, take a look with me, if you will, at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 to 15. The ushers are coming forward, and they've got Bibles in their hands. We're just going to walk through this verse by verse, so if you need a Bible, raise your hand. We'll get one to you, okay? 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 15. Uh, how can I keep these other five Ps going and all six Ps fired up and moving? And that's the question we're answering today. What do we need to put in place to make sure that happens? The last and final P, people. Let me just read this, starting at verse 12. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. It's an awesome little challenge piece here. First point, simply this, respect and love your leaders. Respect and love your leaders. I looked long and hard for one of these passages that would say this. No, I didn't. All right. I've been really wrestling through what does it look like for us to wrestle together as a body. And when the Apostle Paul put together the challenge of body with body, people with people, life change, he starts with, we need to understand how God works in the church. We need to make sure we understand how his holy, righteous, leading hand moves within the body. So he says this, starting in verse 12. We ask you, brothers, okay, Whenever we see these pronouns, we need to be defining them, right? Like we need to be walking through scripture saying, what does it mean? So who is the we? You know, if you go back to the first chapter of 1 Thessalonians, it simply says, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy. We're the ones writing to you. Paul's kind of saying, we together are making some connection with you, and we need you to understand what's going on. So we, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, ask you, the believers at Thessalonica, the church at Thessalonica, brothers, sharing the faith, to do some things. To do what? 
It says here, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Okay, so let's start with the who. So who's to be respected? It says, those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Those who labor among you. You know, there's some people in the body who are working hard. They're putting effort forth to say, God, may you be honored. May you be glorified. There are people that are saying, my life before you, Lord. I'm serving you. Working and laboring. Where? Among you. Within the body. Not just laboring, but laboring among you. And more than that, it says that they're over you in the Lord. Over you in the Lord. Meaning, there is a responsibility they have as a leader in the church. In the early church, this would have clearly been the elders of the church. Those people responsible for the direction of the church, for the discipline of the church, for the doctrine of the church. Those people responsible for helping bring teaching and training and shepherding to the body. You know, today, we have elders in our church. And we have deacons, just like before. Same eldership, same leadership. Same request here then. But it's more than just elders and deacons. You know, we're a church that's large enough that, trust me, we're not fooling ourselves. We're not trying to actually shepherd the church with four people. Okay? This church is being shepherded as we go into doing small groups and study groups and all these different group life elements. And we have leadership in place there. That is the extended arm of the pastoring and eldering body here. We have small group leaders and we have coaches and we have teachers and trainers. We have pastors and elders and deacons and all of these leaders who are laboring among and are also serving in a leadership capacity over in the Lord. What an important little phrase, isn't it? In the Lord. Not like, I have taken authority, but more like, I have been given authority. Romans 13, verse 1, says real clearly, we need to understand this, all leadership, all leadership, not just in the church, all leadership instituted by God. In other words, each leader in each and every place, everywhere in the world, under the very sovereign ruling hand of God Almighty. So, President of the United States, yep, well, I didn't vote for him, well, that was where God was moving right now. Let's support our leaders. Amen? It's a big deal. I'm not saying we need to agree with every position and every, every move and every... But we are recognizing that God has placed a leader. And let's go after supporting God and what he's doing. Specifically here, it's saying in the Lord and in the church. So eldership and deaconship, small group leaders and coaches. And, and as they're laboring and serving among and helping lead. Help by respecting them. Respect. What's the word mean? Well, it basically means to acknowledge or to recognize, to appreciate, right? It means to be able to give some level of honor to. It says respect those. You know, uh, as we talk it through, maybe another way to say it is this. Help to understand. Hebrews thirteen seventeen. This is a big verse for me. You know, the verse actually says, uh, submit to your leaders, but it, then it says something bigger. It says, because they will stand before God and give account for the shepherding that is taking place. Did you know that? Like, I'm standing before God someday on how are we doing? 
Did we reach out and care? Were we leading in a way that began to change lives, that began to glorify him? Are we shepherding and protecting? I'm going to stand before him for that. You know, there was a lame example, but Jerry Maguire movie. Remember at the one point he says, help me help you. Do you remember that? Yeah, it's okay. You can say you saw the movie. Help me help you. Okay. It was on TV too. Who knows where you saw it? Help me help you, right? What's the phrase mean? It means I've got a job to do. Let's participate together in this. That's what it means. It means God almighty is moving and let's move with him. And I'm trying to move with them and let's move together. Help me help you. That's a great way to understand the respect passage. Okay. Top three ways you can respect your leaders. Number one, uh, pray for them. Pray. It's a great way to appreciate them and lift them up. Let me tell you something. We need to be discerning. We need to be humble. We need to be doing what the scripture says, not just what we want. We need to make sure we're always doing the spiritual breathing that we've been talking about in this series. Pray for us. Pray that the whole breadth of leadership is grasping who God is and they're beating with him and they're following him. Pray. Second way that you can respect your leaders, uh, follow them. Actually listen and actually take their guidance and actually go where they're asking to go. Follow. It's a great way to show respect. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not blind submission. It's check it with scripture. What does scripture say? And make sure that it aligns. It's okay to be Berean. Study the word and make sure that it makes sense. But if it's not sin request, if it's leadership things, and you're like, "Mm, if it were my call, I'd call it differently. Make sure you understand that God has placed that leader there. And follow him. That's a big deal. So pray, follow, and the last one is trust. Trust. You know, Pastor Steve talked about this this summer, but uh, it's a great way to say it. Bottom line, Whenever we do things, we, we really want people to give us the benefit of the doubt, right? Like, surely they couldn't have meant, or they must have had the purest of heart when, right? We want them to give us that benefit of the doubt. We certainly give ourselves that doubt, right? Of course you don't understand. I was thinking this, though, and, and yet when we think of others, how quickly we don't give the benefit of the doubt. Can you believe that they, they certainly could have been thinking, right? And all of a sudden the judgment starts. Trust. Give the benefit of the doubt. Make sure you understand that they're really struggling and trying to lead before the Lord. So pray, follow, and trust. And that's a good top three for respect, I got to tell you. And we all have our leaders to follow. Let's do that. Second piece, not just respect, but esteem them highly in love. Esteem them highly in love. This is like hold them in high regard. Really consider their best interests. Be looking to support them. It's important that we honestly, truly love our leadership. Notice what it says in here. It doesn't say, and esteem those, well, that you think most like. Or, hey, esteem the ones that you think at least dress the job. They at least look like they're doing something leadership work. It doesn't, right? It's like a reference to all is what it's really saying. Respect and honor all. Understanding that God has placed all leaders in that position. Okay? It's that simple. Notice what the last phrase here is. Be at peace among yourselves. 
be at peace among yourselves. I find it very interesting that he asks for respect, and then he asks for love, and then he gets to peace. You know, what really happens is we end up with anarchy when we don't have the structured leadership. And he's saying, be at peace. Let's not have anarchy in the church. Really, it's also saying this, though. Let's make sure we're getting along. I mean, maybe you're in a spot where you feel that you've actually been wounded a little bit by leadership. Maybe it's leadership at this church. Maybe it's leadership at the church you came from. Maybe you're in a spot where you need to take a deep breath and step in. I mean, Matthew 5, Matthew 7, Matthew 18, three very clear passages that talk about apologies and forgiveness and reconciliation. And and whether it's my mistake or your mistake, it's important we get it right. And let's get together on this thing. So if there's wounding, then maybe the challenge for you today is to say, I got somebody I need to talk to. I was kind of hurt by. I'd like to bring it up and walk it through. Or maybe it's, I need to apologize to somebody for something I've been doing or saying or thinking. or Be at peace. This is about our body, this body right here, reflecting the very glory of the Almighty God. It doesn't happen in the midst of a lack of peace. It happens where there's peace. It happens where we're all getting along, beating to the one drum of may he be glorified. That's where we're at. Okay? You know, let me just put it to you this way. Uh, My wife and I were up north at another church, Harvest Bible Chapel, Peoria. We were on staff there. And uh, we had a vision, a dream of becoming senior pastors someday. And we were talking with the senior there, and actually we knew about an opening down here. And uh, I had brought up that with him, and his position was very clearly simply this. No. No. Okay. Can we talk through why? And he had some thoughts, and he had some reasons, and as we talked it out, his answer was, we're not going to go ahead and lift your name up for that position. We're going to say no. And we do have another thought, and we went through that, and it wasn't a good match for us. Let me tell you something. It wasn't easy. That was a hard three or four months for my wife and I, but we made one solid commitment. We will leave with the church's blessing. We will allow this leadership to lead in our lives. And if God is allowing a no right now and we don't understand it, well then, maybe you don't know everything. And so we sat quietly under. And over the course of the summer, we had a few things and events turn and there was opportunities for us to lead in various ways. And that same senior came back to me at the end of the summer and said, I think I'm going to lift your name up for that position at Harvest Peoria. We've seen some things and some adjustments and there's things that make more sense around here now, and it just makes sense. And as he talked about lifting it up, all of a sudden, we were sitting in the spot of dumbfounded as God led. What was God really doing there? Well, I knew he was wrong. I told him I was right back in. Is really? No, you know what was happening? Timing. That's what was happening. How many times does God lead with the no sometimes that we don't want to hear, and yet there's something else going on. Let God lead. Respect and follow and love with all you got. Trust the leadership. I'm telling you, while his heart was definitely beating for God, his answer was opposite of mine. And yet in the end, we saw God's hand move very big in a very big way. And here we are. So if I do this, I'll get everything I want. Yeah, that's not not really the point. 
a little note there, okay? The point really is, when we sit under God, God does move. And where and when and how, we're not sure. And sometimes it doesn't even make the best of sense. But guess what? God is moving through the leadership. Allow him to move, okay? My question to you is simply this. How are you doing with leadership? Doing okay? You know, we have a lot of people that are transitioning in from other churches over the course of these last few years. How did you do in, in leaving? Is there some relationships that might need to be restored? Some things that need to be cleared up? Or maybe you're here in this body and something hasn't gone right even here. Maybe it's time for you to come forward and talk to somebody. Let's make sure we're at peace. Respecting and loving, letting God lead. Okay? Respect and love your leaders. Second step in letting people sharpen people. Uh, lock arms with one another and hold each other accountable. Lock arms with one another and hold each other accountable. Check this out. Starts in verse 14 here. And he basically gives us three things to do then with this one overarching command to all of them. Okay? So let's walk through them. He says, We urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak. Be patient with them all. Okay? So here we go admonish, and then he says encourage, and then he says help, right? Three different things to do. Admonish the idle. Some of yours might say admonish the unruly or warn the unruly or warn the undisciplined. Some of them might even say lazy. This word, it literally means a soldier who's not doing what he knows to do. That's what it literally means. So they've kind of captured the various aspects of that in lazy and unruly and undisciplined and it basically means, I know what I'm supposed to do, and I'm just not doing it. Oh, what are we supposed to do there? Uh, avoid them. Like, oh, don't talk to them, and certainly don't say it, right? The American way would be, don't stir anything up. Well, what does it say to do? What does it say to do? A- admonish, warn. It-, it says, step in. I know it's not the American way. It is the biblical way, though. God is asking us to lean in. Now, remember, Galatians 6.1, gently patiently, lovingly. It's not like, finally, I get to unleash my frustration upon them. Like, that's not what it means. It means stepping in and saying, come on, we know where we need to go, right? What is it? Help me. What is it? And then you get the answer and you're like, great. So, so let's go do it. Are you ready? You know what happens if we don't. Let's get in line. Come on. What's God asking you to do? Warning and admonishing. The one who knows, but is refusing to do. Okay, the next one, encourage the faint-hearted. The who? The faint-hearted. This is the person who's like discouraged. I know the way it's supposed to work. I know how it's supposed to come down. I'm not sure I have enough hope. I've seen it going awry. I don't get it. I'm downtrodden. I'm beat upon. I encourage that person. You know, like get the pom-poms out and start cheering. Like, think about what God is doing in your life. Look at how awesome this has been. Can you see the progression? And remember our God who says that he's here for you. He will lift you up like on the wings of eagles. Remember this forgiving God who will immediately, in the moment, forgive and get ready to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Like, come on, this is our God. It's this big encouragement statement. I'm here for you, but more than that, man, is God here for you, bringing the truth of who he is to the one struggling. And then last, help the weak. 
This word weak literally means the one who is unable mentally or even spiritually to accomplish. They're lacking the strength or the wisdom. Help them. In other words, inform. Give them some training. It may even mean give them some of your strength. Like lock arms with them. Do it with them. Maybe you're out there and you're, you're helping do pieces of life with them. Maybe somebody's in deep grieving and they're not sure they're getting it and you're helping clean their house or make some dinners for them or this is an awesome way to come alongside. Okay? Help. It means to be able to inform or give some strength. It means to be able to resolve some of the lack that's there. All right? So we have three things. We have admonish. We have encourage. And we have help. Now imagine the tool over here for the one who's rebellious. We pull it out. Right? We've got the admonishment tool. And then we walk over here to the one who's discouraged. And we take it and we go, wham! And we come down on him, right? And now you've got this person going, it's hopeless and I'm not sure. And you're like, just do it. You know where to go. You know it. And you're beating them with admonishment. What happens? Yeah, you get them pretty discouraged, don't you? Like, not really good things happening there. This isn't like, just grab any old tool and just do something. This is like, be really careful with who you're doing what with. Think it out. Put this back in its sheath if you need to. You know, maybe you're over here and you're in the helping the weak. And and what do we need to do? We need to come alongside and we need to give information and take care of and be patient with. and, and, And there's this idea of struggling with them and... And yet, what if we take that tool and we come over here and we're dealing with the rebellious? And I'm patient and I'm doing stuff for them and I'm, I'm just running alongside of them and what am I really doing? I'm enabling. I'm not getting them out of their sin. I'm not helping them to even call sin sin. I'm just doing for them and letting them run the course. And so mercy hearts, just a little warning this is your realm. You love living here. And we're so happy to have you in the body. Helping the weak. Be careful to make sure that you are helping the weak. Okay? Every mercy heart hearing me on that one, that's a big deal. Because quite frankly, the number one problem we have in the church is we take the admonishment tool and we start busting chops on the other areas. Please stop doing that. Or, or we take our helping and assisting tool and we start running over and we're helping the people that really shouldn't be helped. They need to be struggling in some of their consequences and wrestling a little bit with what they're going through and let God work with them. It's great to be there for them. Just be careful how you use the tools. Notice it doesn't say, hey, just admonish, encourage, and help. However you want to do it. It says very specifically who Admonish the unruly, encourage the disheartened or faint-hearted, help the weak, a very specific plan. Just so you know, this is biblical counseling. Like when we talk about biblical counseling here, this is what we're doing. When Pastor Steve and I sit down, we're trying to figure out when we're talking with somebody, like are we looking at which of the three? And quite frankly, it's never just all one. It's portions of each of the three going on. And so what do we need to encourage and what do we need to challenge and where do we need to come alongside and how does the whole package come together? And that's biblical counseling. So my challenge to you is this. Now that you've heard, so admonish or encourage or help. The first thing we start doing is we run in and we run in with our own personal sage wisdom. And we start giving our little pieces of advice. Never checked with scripture. 
This is what I think, though. That's not really what it's asking to do, okay? So where do we get the information from? 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All Scripture is God-breathed. It's profitable for doctrine and reproof, for correction, for instruction and training in righteousness. This Scripture. And what do we get from it? We get a man who is fully equipped to do every good work. Make sure you bring the Word to bear in their life. Well, I don't know what the, the Word says. Then, shh. Go look it up. Ask someone. Don't guess. Okay? Does everybody get that? Like, if I don't know what the Scripture says, just say the word, shh, with me. You ready? Shh. All right. Now, so that's everybody like, oh, phew, then I don't have to do anything. I'm out. No, bad news for you. Now it means it's time to learn. So what does apply here from Scripture? And what truth should be brought in? Go to study. Ask somebody. Call a pastor. We'd love to talk with you. What biblical truth applies to this situation? And what needs to be known? And, and then you can bear it as a friend, bringing in the truth of God's Word. Admonish, encourage, and help. That's the plan. All right. You know what? We do these things in what we call group life here. All right? We've got small groups which are like the year-round life together. That's how we iron sharpening iron, praying for each other accountability. That's what it's all about. May there be admonishing and encouraging, and may there be this helping and coming alongside. It's our primary place of discipleship and care, small groups. If you're not in one, we need to get you in one, okay? We got signups coming up in another month or two here. In the meantime, let me tell you, we've got some awesome study groups. What are those? Those are like these little short five-weekers that are going on. We've got one starting tonight. It's on unleashing the power of God in your life through the word. Like, how do I use the word to just begin to have God pour his glory over me and learn from him? It starts tonight. We're going to be meeting over at Pinecrest in 74. Love to have you join us. You can find it out on the web at the information table in the back. Great way to begin to lock arms with other people. It's already 20 plus people signed up for it. We'd love to have more there. We've also got men's studies and women's studies. Women's things are this week, starting Wednesday, both Wednesday morning and Wednesday night. There's like over 80 women already signed up for that. Sign up. Like, get plugged in. Allow the iron sharpening iron impact in your life. You know, one other thing I just want to bring up. Next week, October 10th, we are starting uh, a new kind of small group. We're going to be running a thing called Marriage Restore. And we're going to try to get some people plugged into this, some couples plugged into this. You might be in a marriage where you're saying, hey, we just need a little tune-up. Or maybe it's all the way to, we need a complete overhaul, right? Wherever you're at in your marriage, what a great opportunity to sit down. It's taking, you know, the better part of, of 12 weeks, that kind of thing, and just rolling through with them. What does Scripture say about marriage? Looking at six, seven, eight different topics, and how does God apply those, and how can I put that into my life? This is going to be an awesome opportunity for you to come alongside of some other couples who really know what it means to apply God's word into their marriage and they're ready to be wrestling with you, iron sharpening iron. I'm already in a small group. Well, then maybe this is a time to jump into another one or even say, you know what? I might need to take a little break as our couple, our family, goes to this on Sunday nights for these weeks. It's a great opportunity. Small group leaders, encourage your people to do it. Like if they're in a spot where they think they might want to go to this, let's find a way to make it happen. This is a great opportunity to get them there. It's iron sharpening iron in the marriages. May our families be lifted up. Amen? Like that's what it's about. Marriage recovery. We're starting at Marriage Restore. We're starting it next week, October 10th. Love to have you in. Call the office, information table, on the web. 
tons of different ways. Let's get you there. Talk to your small group leader, whatever. Let's get you plugged in, all right? All right, deep breath. That's locking arms. You know what? My daughter, Megan, uh, who, by the way, was singing up here today. Hard to not cry when you're the dad watching your daughter sing up here, uh, singing the, the solo piece here with uh, Jill. Just an awesome job by the choir. And, and Megan uh, is in cross country as well. And we're watching Megan run cross country. And I got to tell you, I have fallen in love with this sport. Not because I ever want to run it. <laughs> not because of that. No. Uh, it's because the teamwork is amazing. As we're standing on the side, your job is this. You have two jobs. Run or cheer. That's your jobs. And if you're not running, you better be cheering. And if you're running, you still be cheering. You see people running along and they're running past somebody and they're like, come on, you can do it. Let's go. Don't stop. Here we go. Keep going. And, and they're on opposite teams. Like they don't care. Challenge each other. Let's just do this thing. Locking arm in arm. I'm watching people standing on the sides, just cheering for people as they're running by. And some of them are very adept at cheering. And then some of them are more like me, where you don't know much about running. And you're just like, you're doing great. That's, that's all you got, you know, keep going. Yeah, baby. All right. And then the person standing next to you, who's like, she's on the running team and her dad's been a runner and they're giving advice. They're like, longer stride, hit the bottom of the heel, pump your arms. Like, really? I didn't know that worked. Right. But these people all of a sudden, bam, they pick up and they're running through. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever it was, Megan was coming through and, and one of her goals was to hit a time. And as she was coming in, I'm like, you can break your time. You're at this. Bam. She took off. She's like running to the end. She beats her time. Let me just tell you this. That's supposed to be what it's like right around here. That's what it means to lock arms with each other. It means that if you're not running the race, you're cheering for those who are. It means that we are side by side and we are there for each other. Sometimes we're just encouraging. Sometimes we're giving some helpful admonishment. Sometimes we're actually locking arm in arm and sharing strength. May we be a team locked arm in arm for his glory. That's what it looks like. People, iron sharpening iron. My question for you is this. Are you ready to do it? Are you ready to join into group life? Jump in with us. Or maybe you're in group life and maybe you're sitting there and you're not really doing those three things. What's God calling you to do or speak into in someone's life? Or maybe they're asking quite the opposite. Maybe God's saying, I need you to be spoken into. Hear from those around you. Let's be very careful. Gently, respectfully, with love. But let's be cheering for each other. And helping each other to strive in that race. That's what it looks like to do people on people. Two simple steps, respect your leaders, and then lock arm in arm. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward now, and we're going to hand out a card. We've been doing this target thing for the last six weeks, and so for the last six weeks, you guys have been trying to write targets on your paper. And I've been watching you guys like scramble through and try to, and then you're like, ah, I can't get there. Okay, so here's the target. We're going to be handing it out, all right? But more than that, we put on the back some things to kind of help. Let's just pull it all together, okay? That's our goal here right now. We're going to take the last few minutes to say, grow right. What have we covered over the last six or seven weeks, and what are we going to do about it in our own lives? Take this card. This can be something to help you in your private walk with Christ each and every day, okay? I'm going to wait until you guys get these. I want to make sure you have them. 
I'll just start talking about the front here because you probably have heard most of this. Right at the center, purpose. Glorify him. That's your purpose. May you go hard after, Lord, may my life honor you. Remember how we started there? Purpose. We were in Revelation 1, and it's like, Lord, you are unbelievable, and it's just all about you. May your life glorify him. Number two, presence. Make sure that you are taking time to just be still. Drop your arms. Spend time with him. Hear from him in his word. Third, passions. Love what he loves, hate what he hates. Just make sure you're beginning to have your heart transformed. God, give me the heart that you have. Lord, I want that. Passions. Power. Be filled. Remember here we were talking about what it means to be filled and how we go about that. This idea of spiritual breathing, of exhaling out, confessing, getting in line with him and saying, Lord, I want my will completely in line with you. Remember we said like a boat and you're getting your boat in alignment with his will as the wind is blowing of the Holy Spirit. And then you're rolling open the sail, which is like, I just want to breathe in who you are and inhale the awesomeness of my God and bam, right there you are filled. It's this idea of, Lord, if I have everything of me out of the way, everything of me out of the way, then your glory is just pouring over me. And I can bask in who you are. And 2 Corinthians 3 just says simply, when you're in his glory, you are being transformed. That's what it's about. His power unleashed in your life. Practice. We looked at the next week. Like, okay, so now I'm filled and I'm, I've got the Holy Spirit pouring through me and I'm energized and what's going on and what now? It's, it's time to train hard. It's time to run hard after him. What does he want done in your life? What things can you engage in? What things can you abstain from? Where you're cooperating with the Holy Spirit at work in you. Don't just jump to this. What do most churches do, right? And I grew up in one too where we just jump right to the to-do list. And so all of a sudden we forget about the Holy Spirit at work in our lives and we forget about this be filled and we forget about the spiritual breathing and we're back to the to-do list and in three weeks we're completely frustrated and nothing's working. Don't do that. Be filled. That's the first step. And then the last one is people as we looked at today, iron sharpening iron. You know, on the back of your note sheet, I just want to say we put four steps, okay? On this, we put them into quotes. The first step was be filled. This idea of just let the Holy Spirit pour over you, bask in his glory. Look at these prayers. You alone are God, eternal and almighty. You are my great shepherd. It's this idea of I'm amazed with you. Help me to bask in your unveiled glory. Get me out of the way. Less of me, more of you. Fill me today, Lord. Help me breathe spiritually, exhaling all that I need to confess and inhaling all that you are. These are great prayers to just begin to help you to start walking through being filled. And then the next step is to be still. Search me, O God, and know my heart. May I just drop my arms and be still before you. Let's be filled, then be still. Please unleash your power in me. And then, may I train hard. May your word be alive to me today. Refresh me. I dedicate myself to growing to be more like you. And then rallying the encouragement around you. Help sharpen me as I live my life transparently. See it? These are just some prayers to just kind of recenter. To be filled. To be still. To train hard. 
and then to be held accountable. That's growing right. Notice at the bottom, see the little root system? It's those peas again. We wanted to make sure we got something in there for you where you understood everything starts with those and ends with those, and what passages did we use? This is an awesome little card to just stick in your Bible, to maybe use it. Maybe you put it right in a special spot each morning or whatever, where you start out and you just say, Lord, I want to be blown away by you. Lord, I want to be in awe of you. Lord, I want my life transformed by you. Father, I am asking you one thing. Help me to get me out of the way. May you be taking over. A time of exhaling and confessing. A time of inhaling how awesome he is and the promises of him. And then bask in his word. That's the power of our almighty God. All too often we can spend time where we hear and then we just go away. So here's what I'm going to ask. Let's just take the last few minutes in prayer. I'm going to just ask the worship team to come on up. And let's just take these last few minutes in prayer. Let's just walk through these prayers that you have on the back. It's up to you. I'm just going to let you be walking through. I'll just prompt a little bit as we move along. But let's take some time to practice the overall of bringing Grow Right together. And let's just begin to breathe the Holy Spirit. Let's allow God to move in our life, even today, right here. Let's walk through the whole of the Grow Right passage.